Welcome to the show, Gridiron Gang. Drew is here with me. Well, not really with me. We, as I'm sure all of you, are practicing social distancing, and we're recording this for the first time in our separate homes. Drew, how are you doing, buddy? Doing pretty good. How are you feeling? I know you were sick over the weekend. Uh, let's not tell people that. They might want to stay away from me if they hear that. I want to stay away from you even if you're healthy. <laughs> but no, yeah, I was, I was a little, I was a little ill. I'm good now. I'm good now. I'm more worried about the fact that I haven't had power since Monday. But you know, all is well. We're healthy, which is all that matters. Well, we're happy you're here, and we can hear you loud and clear. Um, let's get started with some breaking news. It's not really breaking news, but it's the new segment we're going to be calling it. Uh, Robbie Anderson signs a two-year deal for $20 million with the Panthers. What do you think about that? I actually like this move. I'm a big Robbie Anderson believer. Uh, I've always liked him ever since uh, a couple years ago when I, you know, I'm new to the fantasy world, although I will say I have a championship under my belt now. But ever since I started playing fantasy football, I've really liked Robbie Anderson. I think that given the right opportunity, he can shine. So in New York, he struggled at times, but it was a very anemic offense, you know. And right now, I think it seemed like at least last year, he was getting into rhythm with the old Darnold Schwarzenegger, you know. And old Darnold went smooching around and he got mono after a few weeks. And then it just, just ruined everything. Their chemistry went away and Robbie had not a Terminator throwing to him. And so, you know, towards the end there, we saw glimpses of what could have been uh, with a couple of big games that Robbie had against Miami and the Bengals going for 14 receptions, 218 yards and a touchdown in those games. Now, I know that's Miami and that's Cincinnati. But again, just showing you those glimpses of of, um, what he can do, given the right opportunity against the right matchups. So now he's in Carolina. And I'm a little worried, I will say, about the fact that, first of all, it's a new quarterback. You know, they have uh, uh, Teddy Bridgewater there now, and it's going to be a new system. And I am worried about the fact that he now has to compete with DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel and even Christian McCaffrey for receptions. Uh, And maybe there are too many mouths to feed there now in uh, Carolina, but um, maybe Robbie can shine. And uh, I think it's only good for for the Panthers, another uh, weapon for Teddy Bridgewater, and I think it'll take them a few weeks to kind of gel, but I think it's a good move, and I really like it. Need your reaction right now. Who is the number one receiver on California? Sorry, California, Carolina right now. <laughs> uh, well, for California, I have no idea. For Carolina right now, it's DJ Moore. Um, I, I like Robbie, and I know everything I just said, but it's DJ Moore, and it's right now I would say it's not close. I think DJ Moore is the much better receiver. Curtis Samuel is still young. Uh, and, and you know, like like I said, I like Robbie a lot, but it's DJ Moore. Okay. Well, the next signing was um, Melvin Gordon signed a two-year deal worth $16 million with the uh, Denver Broncos. Side note, the Chargers asked – sorry, offered him uh, $10 million a year deal. He now comes back from his holdout with less money um, on a worse team. <laughs> exactly. But I do think Phil Lindsay is a better tandem running back than Austin Eckler. But 
Uh, here we have an incredibly young offense. They are rebuilding that offensive line. They did a lot of moves in uh, free, uh, free agency. And uh, now you have Drew Locke. You have Cortland Sutton and Philip Lindsay and Noah Fan, who is a big play tight end. So this, D, this uh, Denver offense just got a lot more exciting, in my opinion. You have a one-two punch with Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. So uh, I really do think that they can maybe, you know, fight for that second place spot in the AFC West. Yes, I, I like it. I think the Denver Broncos are definitely rising. You know, they're, they're not falling and, and they're not um, staying in place. They're rising. I think Drew Long will see what he does. I know John Elway really likes him, but he's still young and he, he showed some good things there towards the end of the year. I know uh, their wide receiving court all of a sudden had a little breakthrough. So, yeah, yeah I like it. I like it. Good things coming. I think Melvin Gordon is definitely a fact to say that he's on a worse team now and he didn't get the deal he wanted. And Austin Eckler is poised to have a big season, but I like it. We'll see what happens with Denver Broncos. The number one free agent in many people's books, Jadavian Clowney, is still without a team. Uh, it is reported that he turned down a deal worth $17 million a year from the Miami Dolphins. Now, the Giants are said to be out of the swing stakes. Yeah, it's, it's it's apparently apparent that he's looking for around the $20 million mark. Uh, I think Seattle kind of sticking their nose there a little bit. They kind of want in, too. I don't know if they want to pay him $20 million, but it's, it's interesting. I think this is the kind of player that could sway a team, you know, uh, into playoff hunt or into championship run, depending on where he goes, or it just helps them out. Um, I think he's a great player and definitely, definitely one of the bigger free agents left. I think I, I always thought he was number one. I know Tom Brady uh, was out there and he had such a uh, swag to him and he could turn a team around, whatever. But Jadavion Clowney, remember, is um, a freak athlete that was taken number one overall. And um, if it wasn't for Bill O'Brien, he would still be a franchise player in Houston. Now, uh, I think he's probably worth that much money because um, he's a game changer. I think he is the best hand-in-the-dirt 4-3 defensive end in the game. Period. Uh, you know, I, I think that there's other better pass rushers uh, out there, but he plays that position perfectly. Um, especially if you see some of the film from last year with Seattle, it's beautiful. Um, speaking of the Seattle Seahawks, they signed Philip Dorsett from New England. Um, me, as a Colts fan, uh, was devastated when they took uh, Philip Dorsett over a safety, which we really, really needed. Landon Collins was standing, staring us right in the face. And uh, good old Ryan Grixon takes the fastest player in the draft. Um, this, this receiving core in Seattle is turning out to be some blazers. You have uh, DK Metcalf, and now you have Philip Dorsett. Uh, 
what do you make of this? You know, they're, 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 uh, they're kind of getting away from their dink and dunk Doug Baldwin to go out there and get it. Well, they have one of the better quarterbacks to do that. I think Russell Wilson's uh, deep ball is, is excellent. He may not have the strongest arm in the league, but he's just so good at it. And when you have a quarterback like Russell Wilson, I think get him the weapons uh, to acclimate to his game. Now, I don't think Dorsett right now perhaps is um, like the, the the best deep threat. Uh, no, he's but, not. But he it definitely helps. I mean, it, it doesn't hurt. In Indianapolis, he had flashes in New England, but uh, at the end of the day, he's not on the roster in New England. Yeah, I think it's still Lockett, then DK, then Dorsett. Speaking of the Patriots, uh, they re-signed their old backup, Brian Hoyer. Um, who do you think has a better shot at starting, Brian Hoyer or Jarrett Stidham? You know what? I, I really have no idea. Do you think that this signing with of Hoyer, is this kind of like a telltale sign that Bill Belichick is letting us know that he's rebuilding? They didn't go out there and sign a quarterback in the free agency. Well, I know they signed Hoyer, but not a big-name quarterback. I really don't know who's going to win it. The fact that they went out and got him is telling. Maybe it is Hoyer. But I think this is more telling of the organization as a whole and what they think of the future. Are they just kicking this and rebuilding? That's a hard question uh, because you got to think about they took a kid that was a uh, – 199th overall and he's now considered one of the best quarterbacks in the history they also right. had when that player was knocked out their backup was taken around seven matt castle and took him to be 11 and 5 season i think you can put like a chimpanzee back there and at least get them six wins the bill belichick will not tip his hand he is on a different level i don't think he's playing the same game as everybody else, but uh, I'm not saying that he's so much better because he is so much better, but um, everyone kind of plays by the same mold besides the Patriots. They don't sign their star players. They let them sign other teams and they rack up in third round compensatory picks. So um, Brian Hoyer, I think is his insurance policy. Um, he is very familiar with that offense, especially the backup position. Jared Stidham is a nice asset, but I don't know if he is considered a starter, especially for New England. I'm just saying they have the tools to succeed with anybody, but yeah. some yeah, tools they, are better than others. Yeah, they definitely have at least the coaching personnel to succeed with anybody back there. We'll see. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with the draft. Um, I don't think any of us expect them to move up and take a quarterback, although there are a lot of rumors that maybe Jordan Love will fall to them. So I, I don't know. I'm very interested in the Patriots quarterback uh, situation moving moving forward into into the season. And Dominican Sue signs a one-year $8 million contract to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I, I don't think this is anything big. If this were five or six years ago, uh, I would say, oh my gosh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 
are the new Golden State Warriors because contenders. Exactly. They're they're insane because you have Tom Brady who has a little bit more juice in him and then you have a really young, um, healthy uh, Mike Evans and then you have uh, Ndamukong Sue coming in there who's just mean and nasty. I think Ndamukong Sue has lost a step because whenever he left Detroit in Miami – uh, to to Miami, he was worth every bit of that money because uh, he's just that good at his position. He was an absolute game changer. I've never really seen like I've seen film of like you know Warren Sapp or Reggie White or whatever, but for my modern era and the time that I've been alive, he's probably been the best defensive tackle. I've ever witnessed in my lifetime. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't want to make that any more clear. I don't think this kind of adds up to like, oh my gosh, Nadama Sue is signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Put them in the NFC side of the Super Bowl right now. Okay, I like that. I mean, it, I, it's interesting. Uh, I, I agree. I don't think it's has the weight or the value that it had years ago um but i mean it just kind of goes to show you tampa bay is Bay's still out there making moves and i don't think they're done this free agency uh, oh no and, and uh they just signed joe haig um joe haig was kind of like our best kept secret for the indianapolis colts he could play literally all five positions on the offensive line and he i slept well at night knowing that uh, he was our backup, and so that anybody got hurt, he could jump in there and play any position and play it well. Um, so I think that he is going to bolster that Tampa Bay line. He's young, um, and uh, I think they got a really good player out of him. But I think Tampa Bay still has a lot of other questions on defense for sure. Um, of course, they got Shaq Barrett. And they got Nadal Sue, who can still hold his own in the defensive line. Who's their secondary? Um, right. Who's playing corner? Who's playing safety? They got Devin White, linebacker. But, you know, there's other things that needs to be um, addressed. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's Ronald Jones. Really, they're starting running back. No, I don't know. <laughs> I've never sold on Ronald Jones. No, but. I don't think I don't think anybody is. Uh, he's shown flashes, but I wouldn't be surprised if they take a running back in the draft. Well, as we're recording this, breaking news: Xavier Rhodes, who was cut by the Vikings, is signing with the Colts on a one-year deal. Um, this is a good signing for us because we just cut our big long outside cornerback uh, here to see her, uh, which was a surprising to me because he signed him to a three-year deal last year. And um, he uh, he's now uh, with the Jets. The Jets just picked him up. But uh, Xavier Rhodes, I think that's great. I'm excited about that. Um, it's a one-year deal. So if it's a bust, you know, it's one year. But uh, I don't really expect a whole lot right now with Philip Rivers being our quarterback. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if it 
definitely feels like you guys are the kings of one-year deals. Show me what you got before I pay you the money, which I think is very smart, by the way. Uh, Let's move on. Uh, Right now, who's your favorite signing so far of the free agency? There's been a lot of signings. There's been a lot of big signings and trades, so we're going to involve all of that. What's your favorite move so far? So I was saving this in the rundown. Todd Gurley to the Falcons is probably the best thing that I could never, ever imagine. The Falcons now have 10 starters that were first-round picks. Todd Gurley is healthy. He is... Is he? Um, yeah. As far as the reports are, he um, you know he was limited last year. He looked sluggish. But they limited him a lot, and he was able to recuperate. Um, you have Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, uh, Matt Ryan. Uh, they're all their offensive linemen are first round picks. Now they technically have eleven first round players because they signed Laquan Treadwell. Laquan Treadwell. That's hard to say, but um, I don't really. He was a bust in Minnesota, so I'm not really going to put too much into that. But. Uh, Ten first-round picks in their starting offense. It's incredible. They also signed Dante Fowler, um, who I think could be an upgrade from Vic Beasley. Uh, that defense with Dante Fowler, Deion Jones, and uh, Grady Jarrett coming in there uh, could really wreck things for Tom Brady and Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater. All in the same um, division. Yeah, you know, I, I really – had a little bit of trouble answering this question when I first read it. It was your favorite signing, favorite move so far. Um, I didn't want to go Tom Brady. I didn't really want to go DeAndre Hopkins, even though that I mean that's a that's a huge trade. I still don't know to this day what the Texans or O'Brien at least was thinking. But I'm gonna have to go with it. I'm gonna go with Todd Gurley to the Falcons as well for for a little different reasons. Yes, I'm concerned about his knee. But, I mean, it's kind of hard not to be. He's a 25-year-old running back going into his sixth year in the league. Uh, at least I forgot that. Maybe we forget that he's only 25 going into his sixth year. Oh, and he has arthritis in his knees. He's a 25-year-old running back with arthritis in his knees. So, yes, I am a little worried about that. But this is a big but. If he can stay healthy. And the coaching staff uses him correctly. Watch out. You just said it. They have 10 first-round picks in their starting lineup now. Let's not forget that Atlanta just, you know, what was it, some years ago was in the Super Bowl, 28-3. Never forget. But if he can stay healthy, watch out. And here's why. It's, it's easy for me why this is my favorite move, Valley. Okay? He signed a one-year, $6 million deal with Atlanta. And he's he's gonna get he's still gonna get money from L.A. from the previous terrible deal that they signed him to, uh, which allowed Atlanta to swoop in and maybe snag him up for a little less than they would have if he was just an unrestricted free agent. He's he's getting seven point five million from L.A. and the six million that he's getting from Atlanta, so he's getting thirteen and a half million next year. He's still getting paid. A twenty five year old running back with arthritis in his knees. Oh wait, maybe that's a little hard. A little harsh. Let's not forget that this guy just a few years ago was an MVP candidate, an MVP candidate. And so I think this is huge. If he can stay healthy, if they can use him properly. And I think the key here is going to be the passing game. Uh, Last year, he caught the ball 31 times. That's the lowest 
since his rookie year. In 2017 and 2018, he caught the ball 64 and 59 times respectively. This a huge part of his game. He's comfortable playing this way. So, And it helps open up the running game. So you no longer know what they're doing with him. Some some running backs, it's easy. You know, if James White is out there, okay, Tom Brady's going to pass it to him. They're not going to run the ball. So uh, running backs like uh, Gurley, when they're being used effectively, are even more dangerous because as a a defense, you don't know what they're going to do. And so this was missing last year. So let's just hope his knee holds up. And, yeah, I agree with you. Atlanta, Atlanta's going to be dangerous. Let's go to our next segment right now is winners and losers. We're going to start this new segment. Um, today's theme is free agency. Uh, Pedro, who is your – we're going to do two winners. Who are your two winners? First off, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, first overall draft pick to the Cardinals. He's got a – Coach that he's comfortable with. He's got decent weapons, but this team is horrible. Their defense specifically is horrible. Here they go. They have the first year with him, and he performed really well. And so now, going into his second season, he's adding DeAndre Hopkins to his arsenal. I mean, what else do I need to say? You know, they were able to add DeAndre Hopkins for him without really giving up much. You know, they gave up uh, David Johnson in a horrible contract. But he wasn't even the starter last year at the end. You know, it was um, Kenyon Drake. So, I don't know. Is DeAndre Hopkins a future Hall of Famer? I, I think he is. He's a wide receiver that's coming to town to play alongside some juicy weapons that they already have, including a first ballot Hall of Famer in Larry Fitzgerald. So, this offense was already looking good looking like it was trending up and now i cannot wait to watch the arizona Cardinals offense at least okay one my first one is uh the ravens the ravens uh get a a premier player in calias campbell for practically nothing um i don't understand that trade calias campbell was the sat king a couple two years ago um and they trade him for a fifth round pick and then they sign Michael Rockers to a deal, who was a first-round player. And um, he had a solid career at the Rams. And now him and Michael Brock uh, – sorry, and uh, Clyde Campbell are together next to uh, Preston Williams. Uh, that defensive line is going to be bolstered, and uh, especially with um, their secondary, who has really blossomed, you know, they already have a great secondary with uh, Earl Thomas at, at safety, even though he got stiffed arm twice in one play by Derrick okay. Henry. But he then they have Marlon Humphrey. He got sent five yards away. I mean, he got destroyed. That was not a stiff arm. <laughs> uh, they have Marlon Humphrey at their uh, one side and Marcus Peters on the others. Uh, I think it's going to be a great defense. Um they tag Matt Judon, who I think is a, a blossoming uh, pass rusher. But this, they're they're already a fantastic team, and um, you know what can what, what what stops Patrick Mahomes? That's interior pass rush. Um, 
Now they they bolstered it. They have Michael Rockers and Kalias Campbell coming for you. And they have Marcus Peters and uh, who had a fantastic run with uh, the Ravens last year. So this defense, you know, this could send them over that edge. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to piggyback on you with this Ravens as a winner. I mean, like you said, it could send them over their edge. They were already on the cusp with uh, Lamar Jackson as their uh, MVP quarterback. So, yes, these moves, they may bring them over the edge and to beat the Chiefs, like you said, to go to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, big winners, Ravens. Uh, what about your second winner in this free agency slash trading times? I believe that is Josh Allen. Um, I personally love the Stephon Diggs to trade. Um, Allen had an improvement last year in his passing game with John Brown and Cole Beasley. Stephon Diggs can easily come in here and be that number one receiver threat. And then he has a check down to Cole Beasley and Devin Singletary. Uh, and it's going to be great. And they have uh, Dawson Knox, who had a great rookie season at the tight end. I'm just cheering for this Brett Bills team. Um, they're they're young. They're growing in, in experience. Uh, you have Tredavious White on defense. Um, that was probably the second or third best cornerback in the league. Um, he just got shadowed by the Stephon Gilmore's. Uh, defensive player of the year campaign, but Josh Allen, man, he, uh, I was cheering for this kid from the beginning. He's got a cannon of an arm. I think his arm is probably possibly stronger than Patrick Mahomes. I know that's kind of like, uh, uh, sacrilegious right now, sacrilegious right there. <laughs> uh, that can get me communicated quick, quickly, but Josh Allen's got a cannon. Um, I've seen him, you know, do things that, very little quarterbacks can do. So uh, I'm excited for what Stefan Diggs does for that team. If he can keep his mouth shut. Yeah. I like, I like it also. I, I like Josh Allen. Uh, the only thing that worries me with him is his accuracy. We talked about it a little bit last episode when we were talking about the Stefan Diggs trait, how, I don't know. I'm putting it at four weeks over under, you know, you just said if he can keep his mouth shut, I don't think he's going to necessarily be extremely happy with this move. And I may and I may just eat my words by week four of the season, but I'm worried about his accuracy. Listen to this. We were talking about last week about him and Kirk Cousins. Last year, Kirk Cousins threw at an, uh, a 69.1% accuracy, which was fourth in the NFL. Allen threw dead last at 58.8%, which is not good for an NFL quarterback. You know, you could say he was the best, worst, however you want to look at it, but it's not a small difference. That's a huge difference between Kirk Cousins and uh, Josh Allen. So that's the only thing that worries me about Allen. I think he is a winner. They got a stud wide receiver one, but how he's going to be used, and more importantly, um, the accuracy of it is what worries me because, yes, he has cannon. He has one of the best arms in the league, and Stefan Diggs is one of the best down-the-field threat in the league. But 58.8% of 
of his passes were incomplete. So that's the only thing that worries me. You know, you have John Brown and Cole Beasley there. So it's not like every pass is going to Stefan Diggs to where you can say, oh, well, at least 58.8 of them will be caught. He's not getting every single pass. So I am. that's the only thing that worries me with that situation with Josh Allen. And, of course, he's still young. We'll see how he progresses. But that's something to keep an eye out because he's not the accurate quarterback that Stefan Diggs had in Minnesota. I think there is a lot more high risk but high reward in Josh Allen than there is Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback, but he's vanilla. Now, Josh Josh Allen, he is like Rocky Road. He is either going to cough up the ball somehow or he's going to be on SportsCenter's top 10 place. Um, That's just me and my opinion. Uh, But – Stephon Diggs, well, I think he'll make him a better passer um, because he has somebody to throw to now that can be more consistent, like you said, down the field. Um, you have a check down player in Cole Beasley and uh, a really reliable running game with Frank the Tank and uh, Devin Singletary. Okay, uh, Pedro, let's transition to our biggest losers. And I'm going to start this off because – I'm kind of frustrated about this. The New York Jets had money to spend. They have some phenomenal generational talents that are on their team. And and I don't understand. Quinn Williams, fantastic. He's young. He's going to become a monster. Potentially the best defensive tackle in the game. I know um, – when Aaron Donald starts really slowing down, somebody has to take that spot. I think it'll be Quentin Williams. Now, they had money to spend. They had like top five cap space. They have an abysmal offensive line, and they were dead last in red zone offense. I, I can't stand it. They, they, they just sat there on their hands, and they lost their chance at Jack Coughlin. They did not resign Robbie Anderson. They did not, I don't think that they attempted to go after Amari Cooper. I've seen a quarterback, a good quarterback's career be destroyed by a bad offensive line and nobody to throw it to. I'm seeing, like as Sam Darnold once said, I'm seeing ghosts. I'm seeing the ghost (laughs) of Andrew Luck. And um, this is just sad. Yeah. You know, Sam Darnold could easily be uh, a top premier quarterback one day, but he's not because he's going to be on his back being destroyed by, you know, anything that comes near him because that offensive line is just terrible. Yeah, they signed a couple of guys, but they would not be starters on any other team. You know, uh, they lost their number one receiver in Robbie Anderson, which he, I don't think he's going to be in the run number one receiver in Carolina. No. And uh, they have Le'Veon Bell, who regressed significantly uh, stats-wise in, in New York. I know that he sat out a year, but still, he's really good for football. And uh, I just I don't understand it. Over Overspend. Go make Omar Cooper – overpaid go after jack conklin you know nothing nothing was yeah. done nothing I, 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 I couldn't I just, agree more. it's so frustrating so frustrating to see that happen 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, there's teams out there um, that, like you said, overpay somebody, right? They pay somebody money that perhaps they didn't deserve, but they're out there trying things. You know, it's felt like the Jets didn't really do anything. Yes, they made some moves, but they didn't really do anything, did they? And I, and I feel bad. I feel bad for true Jets fans out there. And, and I know there's a lot of loyal Jet fans out there, and I don't know why, right? Because it's been bad. It is bad. And they're not really doing anything that lets us or gives us hope that it's going to get any better. Le'Veon Bell is, I think, the best example of that. Their offensive line is horrible. Le'Veon Bell had a terrible year. He regressed a lot. He had 245 attempts for just 789 yards. That is an abysmal 3.22 per attempt. 3.2 yards per attempt, which isn't even in the top 50 in the league. That is terrible. That means there's some backups running better than him. Of course, it's not all him. He has a terrible offensive line. And Darnold, the Terminator, Schwarzenegger, is not going to be up on his two feet to throw the ball. So, yeah, I'm with you. Probably one, some, one of the biggest losers. And I'm going to go ahead with my first loser, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson sat there probably in his house as he's being quarantined or social distancing and got the news that they gave up. DeAndre Hopkins. I feel like I don't know what it's like to be a, a quarterback or, or any player in the NFL going into offseason, but you've probably got some some hope, right? You're going into the offseason. You probably got, you know, my team really needs this, this, and this. Let's see what our uh, let's see what organization does. I'm very excited. And then the first thing you hear is that they got rid of Hopkins. They just took his best, maybe only good weapon he had and got nothing in return. Presumably over a rift between him and the uh, Coach O'Brien, which also happens to be the GM. So supposedly I'm Deshaun, he I'm kept pissed. bringing his baby mamas in. Uh, I don't really know how true that is, but uh, they were causing a rift in the locker room. Uh, so that, and I've also heard that Bill O'Brien just didn't want to pay him, um, which is amazing uh, because. That man has caused so many headaches to me as a Colts fan watching DeAndre Hopkins take the game away from us. And um, But I do feel for Deshaun Watson. The only thing I can say to Deshaun Watson is what my mom always tells me. You never know what kind of blessing will come from these hard times. That's true. That's very true. And you hear that, Deshaun? You never know. I'm going to go ahead and go with my second loser of this um, offseason only because it ties in. And I hate to to beat the dead horse, but it's the Texans fans. Seriously, I would be pissed. I, I can't get over this. Not only did they lose Watt, um, excuse me, they lose um, Hopkins. Uh, Watson's now sending cryptic uh, messages over social media. And guess what? You overpay Randall Cobb. Two wrongs don't make a right. Three years, $27 million, 18.7 guaranteed. He barely topped 800 yards for the first time since 2015 last year. And he was the number three option 
in Dallas behind Amari and Gallup. I just don't think he's worth $9 million a year, which is what he'll get in the first two years of this contract with uh, Houston. What do you think of uh, this trade with um, Randall Cobb going to, to the Houston Texans? I think it's terrible. Um, Randall Cobb is an athlete, or, or should I say was an athlete. Uh, he has been battered and beaten throughout his career. Um, I think he is probably a good locker room sign. Uh, he's a leader at that, but um, he's definitely not worth that. No, maybe like 10 years ago, but I know. No, I, I think it's terrible. Another thing, uh, my losers – um, are the Browns just because just because they're the Browns just because of the Browns you think about they make all these splashy plays um, I'd be willing to bet money which I don't really gamble they'll miss the playoffs again uh, they um, just don't have it I don't know what it is I think it's I think it's the toxicity toxicity in their um, locker room. You know, you have Baker Mayfield doing stupid crap, and then uh, you have an emotionally unstable uh, OBJ who is fueled um, by his being a uh, prima donna. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, Browns are still losers. Don't buy any eye. Um, they're a team that will forever be believe it when I see it. Yeah, I agree. I am interested to see them. They're one of those teams. Uh, I hate to, to even put them in the same sentence as the Bills because the Bills really are what the Browns would like to be, right? An up-and-coming, rising team. But at least I am still interested to see what happens with them. Okay, I have one more question before we talk to our friend uh, Tyler. Okay, you're the Cowboys. You're Jerry Jones. You look at your tag quarterback, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Dak. Um, Dak Prescott. And you look at a supposedly healthy former MVP quarterback that is available right now. You have a proven Cam Newton when he's healthy. You have Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper behind that legendary line. Do you dish Zach for Cam? No. Big no. Here's why. Last year, Dak Prescott completed the 65.1% of his passes. That's 13th for the league. He threw for 4,902 yards second in the league, had the fifth best yards per attempt in the league at 8.2. He threw for the fourth most touchdowns in the league with 30, only 11 interceptions. And oh, by the way, he had a passer rating of 99.7, which is better than each of the top five best paid quarterbacks other than Russell Wilson. He is playing like an elite player, an elite quarterback, and you do not ditch an elite quarterback for anyone, much less for Cam Newton, who still has a lot of question marks, especially in his health. He got medically cleared, but is that medically cleared as in if if there was a game this Sunday he plays? 
or is that medically cleared as he can now do football related activities? I don't know. So again, Dak, and it's not just this year, by the way, I know that's what you're going to say, right? He just broke through. He just had an elite uh, year this year. Maybe, maybe he just had a truly elite year this year, but those numbers haven't been that bad in, in, the, in the previous years. He is an elite quarterback or at least is playing as such. And we treat play, players the way they are playing. So right now, Dak is an elite quarterback, and you do not ditch an elite quarterback for anything, much less someone with a lot of question marks like Cam. So no, that's my answer, no. Which is stupid to me. The fact that Cam Newton has been cut, he's five years removed from his MVP season. Five years. He's a phenomenal player. Uh, yeah, he's got behavioral problems. Uh, I think he's incredibly immature. But if you get him on the field healthy, he's fantastic. He, there's no denying that. Yeah, I'm um, not denying that either at all. But the question was, do I ditch Cam for him? Uh, excuse me, Doc. I, I would I would stop and think. I'm not saying I would do it, but I would definitely think about it. Um before we move on, where do you think Camel land? The uh, Vegas odds came out that uh, the Dolphins were at plus 200. The Jaguars are 250. Uh, Jaguars, sorry, the Chargers are plus 350. Uh, the Patriots are plus 500. And the Broncos and Redskins are blows both um, plus 750. I don't think the Dolphins, I know they're the highest odds right now. Um, they're pretty adamant about drafting a quarterback. Um, the Jaguars would be interesting. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not on the Gardner Minshew train. Um, Chargers would be suicide um, for Cam because that line is awful. Um, the Patriots, I don't see Bill Belichick in him. Um, really meshing uh, in the Broncos. John Elway, like we said earlier, is pretty happy with Drew Locke. And right. I don't think he would stunt that growth. Um, but the Redskins are kind of interesting because Ron Rivera is now the head coach there. I don't know if Ron Rivera wants him. And I know that may sound odd, right? It was his quarterback. Took him to a Super Bowl. I just don't know if Ron Rivera is maybe thinking more of a clean slate. Like all the way, so I I really don't know if Ron Rivera wants him. I think it, all of these teams are interesting in in their own their own way. I do agree with you though. He needs to go somewhere that has a good offensive line because if he doesn't, I I don't know. He plays all sixteen games. Only time will tell. All right, we're back. We have our friend Tyler. Um, we really appreciate you coming on and uh, yeah, no problem. Where we are starting up, uh, I'm really glad that you reach out to us. Uh, tell us about yourself. Where are you from? Uh, tell us a little about yourself. Uh, well, I am. I'm kind of from all over the place. Um, I was born in Minnesota. Um, just a little little foreshadowing. Um, grew up in California, and then uh, moved out to Tennessee. And I currently live in Memphis. Okay, so. Um that's why is that why you're a Minnesota Viking fan? Yes, um, I was kind of born into it. My my dad's side of the family um, is all from the Twin Cities, and so um, kind of didn't have much of a choice growing up, um, but to be a Vikings fan. 
Okay. Uh, who do you, in your opinion, who is the greatest Viking of all time? Oh, wow. That is a tough question. Um, so I, I would have to say either Randy Moss or Adrian Peterson. Um, I chose two guys that were um, that played for the Vikings during my lifetime um, yeah. just because, um, you know, there were so many good options, but those were two that I could attest for and that I've actually seen play um, and arguably two of the best ever in the whole NFL at their respective positions. Very true. Uh, so. Randy Moss, I think he's one of the best players of all time to never win yeah. a championship. And uh, he's such a freak of nature. And uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. Who is your favorite player now? Like on, on your, on your team? Yeah. So um, my current favorite player is middle linebacker uh, Kendricks. Um, I kind of have a little side story about him. Um not only was he the second best rated middle linebacker um, in the NFL last year, um, he grew up in the same city that I did in California. We both grew up in Fresno. Um, he is one year older than me, and um, we played against each other in high school. Uh, his senior uh, year was, was my junior year. So, so um, but you trashed him, didn't you, Tyler? You trashed him. <laughs> oh, no, man. He scored five touchdowns against us. Okay. Wow. Just him. He had three rushing touchdowns, one receiving, and one defensive touchdown. Um, So yeah, no, he single handedly he he beat us. And uh, I remember, you know, didn't really know a whole lot about him. And then, but but after that game, we all were like, you know, this guy's got to go to the NFL. He is just he is so good. And so. And then he ended up going to the Vikings, which was even better. Um, so yeah, he's is he's his my brother. His brother is he younger or older? So his brother Michael is older. Um, I never knew him. He would have been out of out of high school before I got there. Um, yeah, that, and that's a whole other side story about his brother. Yeah, yeah. He's, so. Is he still in jail? You know, I don't know. I don't know if he is, <laughs> if he ever went to jail yet, or what what the story is on that. I kind of lost track of him after he was arrested. <laughs> Tax evasion. Well, Tyler, look, yeah. go, moving back to the NFL, I think Drew threw you a little underhand questions here. He comes the very tough questions. Okay, okay. Ready? all right, all right. How do you feel about Stefan Diggs going to the Bills? <sighs> Man. Okay. So yeah, that's definitely a harder question. Um, I'm slightly conflicted actually. Um, you know, Stefan Diggs, uh, you know, was one of my favorite Vikings. Um, Minneapolis miracle, I think, you know, will be a memory that I have the rest of my life. I'll tell my grandkids about that one day. Um, (laughs) you know, and, (laughs) <laughs> exactly. And uh from a talent standpoint, you know, he's he was definitely very, very talented wide receiver. But you know, the thing is he wanted out. And when a player wants out, it's kinda there's not a whole lot you can do as a as a team to um to make him want to stay. Um 
you know, I do, I like the compensation we got. Um, okay. Be I, honest, Tyler. Okay. You guys got way too much. <laughs> you know, as compared to the other trade that, that we all know about that uh, went down the day before, uh, for another star wide receiver. Uh, yeah, yeah, we got a lot. Um, we ended up getting a first round pick this year, which is at 22. And then we got a fifth and a seventh this year and then a fourth round pick next year. Yeah, that's an incredible haul. Um, so we'll get to what you want to do with that first round pick. But first, let's get through another couple of things. You've signed Kirk Cousins to an extension for two years, 66 million. Um, how do you like that? What's your thoughts on Kirk Cousins? (laughs) So, um, before I really get into that, um, one of the things that this this extension of cousins kind of signals is is confusion. Um, I've heard some other fan bases, like uh, like the Panthers, for example, say that you know they're confused about the direction of their team. Well, I think I'm you know kind of con- confused as well with the Vikings, um, you know, because you know signing him to this extension kind of puts off a you know win now mode you know um whereas a lot of the other um off-season uh things that have happened this off-season have signaled the opposite um and it's kind of going back to the essence of being a vikings fan um there's a lot of confusion (laughs) and a lot of heartbreak being a vikings fan but there's also a lot of confusion. It seems like the Vikings are always a good team, but not necessarily a great team. You know, we've never won a Super Bowl. Um, you know, we've had some really good teams and great teams, but never anything to kind of go over the top. Um, and but you know that I can remember in my lifetime, there's only been one year that we had a bad season to where we had a, a really high draft pick. Every other year, we're in the you know the upper teens to twenties. Um, so, so that just kind of goes to show you, like there's that was 2012, you know, wasn't it? Yes, guess, like yeah, number four. We got, we got Matt Khalil with that pick, who turned out to be a major bust. But um, but it's kind of like this whole cycle of you know it's like are we going for it or are we rebuilding? But yeah, we end up kind of somewhere in the middle, which is frustrating. So you talk about. I was just, you said something I was going to bring up. Um, according to Sports Track, 21 mm-hmm. players from 2019 have left the team, whether it be free agency, pre, free agency trades, or cuts. Um, that's a lot of turnover. Um, mm-hmm. Especially, they lose their, um, their booking corners. You know, uh, whether they. They probably fade in glory, but yeah. Trey Waynes and Xavier Rhodes were like a one-two punch. Um, what happened there? Why did they let Trey leave and they cut Xavier? So let me give you all one more name. Um, Mackenzie Alexander, who is another cornerback who left, who I think is probably um, going to end up hurting us the most. Um you know, he played nickel and, um, you know, it's, 
harder, in my opinion, to replace a decent to good nickel line, uh, cornerback than it is to replace um, outside line, uh, cornerbacks. And, um, I mean, you know, we kind of saw over the past couple of years um, Xavier Rhodes going from, you know, ar- arguably a top three cornerback in the league to uh, being, you know, so bad that there are, you know, backups that are ranked higher than him um, on a lot of teams. Um, and and Trey Waynes, he really never lived up to his potential. Um, he was always decent. Um, he's a great tackler, which is kind of a random stat. He He's a, one of the better tackling cornerbacks, and he plays the run really well. But just kind of a okay cover corner, which that seems to be what corners should be really good at. <laughs> Um, covering. So, you know, it's, it's kind of the end of an era, era, but it's also, I'm not too torn up about it. Um, Mackenzie Alexander, I think is the one that will be missed the most out of all three of those guys. So we just signed uh, the Colts. I'm a Colts fan. Uh, yep. We just signed Xavier Rhodes within an hour. Um what am I? What am I to expect? Well, who am I? What kind of player am I getting for one year? Who, you know, it's. I'm going to try to be as objective as I can here because, uh, you know, just to be honest, I'm I'm slightly jaded about him. Um, but I'm going to put it this way: um, he's physical and he's big. Um, two things, you know, that are very desirable in a cornerback. Um, he has a tendency to get a little too physical sometimes, you know, he gets a lot of penalties. So, you know, that's one thing to expect somewhere. Something that as fans, we were never really told or explained to, which, you know, I guess, you know, you don't really expect the coaches and GMs to really come out and be honest with fans. But anyway, um, I don't know if he was hurt last year. Um, It looked like he had definitely lost a step. Um, hard to tell if that was age or if he was kind of always hurt. Um, and if he was hurt, then, you know, you could reasonably expect, um, you know, similar production to what we saw in 2017, which was, you know, very good. Um, but if it was age, you know, then yeah, I mean, he might've lost a step. You'll definitely need to have safeties that can help out over the top. Well, Tyler, let me ask you about Everson Griffin. Okay. He says he's not coming back. Mm-hmm. Give us a little insight on that and exactly how does that make you feel? You know, actually, um, not not too bad. You know, he, um, you know, for many years was a staple of the defense, you know, um, a staple of the team, um, really, you know, a staple of – the state, uh, the state of Minnesota, you know, very, very well liked, um, definitely, you know, face of the franchise kind of guy. Um, and yeah, so it's, you know, in, in that respect, it's hard to see him go. Um, he was still productive last year, but you know, let's not forget, you know, he, he is getting up there in age. And, um, one of the things that Mike Zimmer, and um, Andre Patterson, who's defensive line coach, one of the things they've been able to do over the years is really develop defensive alignment, especially edge rushers. And uh, there's a guy who was depth, who, who 
played on more of a rotational level last year named Ifadi Adenabo. Um, that's a name to really look out for as this next season starts. He, in a relief role, he had, uh, I believe, seven sacks, um, which is pretty high for someone to come off the bench. So, you know, it's it's kind of the next man up mentality um, and really – you know, yeah, it's it's hard to lose Griffin, a player of his caliber, but I think, you know, he's going to be somebody that we can pretty much replace his value. Well, speaking of next year and speaking of looking for the future and maybe replacing him, you guys have uh, two first-round picks this year, mm-hmm. number 22 and number 25. What do you think uh, the team should prioritize? Now, you guys have a good defense. Uh, you guys have uh, players that like or uh, coaching staff that, like you said, can develop players. You guys have uh, your franchise quarterback still with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you have uh, threats threats on the outside. A great running back. So, where does the team go? What should they prioritize? And more importantly, what would you like to see? So, one thing. Um that's a great question, by the way. One thing I've seen on a lot of mock drafts um, that you know the experts put out, um, they have the Vikings taking an edge rusher with that pick, um, and that and I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, you know, just for the reasons that I said before, with you know the guys that we already have and the depth that I think they can develop. I don't think edge rusher and replacing Everson Griffin is that high of a priority. Um, so two, two positions that I really think we need to look at with that, those first-round picks are cornerback and offensive tackle. And a, a couple cornerbacks that, that I think will be there um, around that pick, around pick number 22, um, I really like Trayvon Diggs, <laughs> which would actually be kind of funny if the Vikings drafted him. Um, after just having his brother Stefan on the team, but um, right, Trevon Diggs, you know, is there's a good chance he's going to be there at 22. And then, um, I'm blanking on his first name, but his last name is Fulton, he's another cornerback, Christian Fulton, Christian out Fulton. of LSU. Yep, out of LSU. There's a good chance he'll be there. Um, those are two guys that I think if they're there, they need to pounce on one of those. Um, and then offensive tackles, um, there's the offensive tackle draft um, is is pretty top heavy. Um, it's looking like there's you know four or five guys who are really good who are probably going to go you know in the early six to fifteen range. Yeah, you know? right. So hoping one of those guys falls. Um, someone like Josh Jones out of uh, Houston. I think is would be a solid pick. Um, I don't think Tristan Worth falls, but man, if he does, gotta get him. Um, he is a beast. Austin um, Jackson out of USC. Austin Jackson out of UFC. Yep, exactly. Those those would be good picks. If all those guys are gone, then I think we need to wait on that because there's not a great middle round with offensive tackles in this draft. No, there's no um, reason to stretch or reach. Yep, yep. Do you see your GM maybe even um, trading up? Uh, they have two first-round picks. Yeah. Uh, they also have um, pick 58. 
Mm-hmm. So they could easily take one of those first round picks and your second round pick and come up ten spots and get that um, that offensive tackle that you say yeah, worse. That they really yeah. need something like that. Um, okay, and one thing I want to ask before we move on from the draft. Uh, does Tajay Sharp, does he help you sleep at night as like a uh, number two receiver? Now that uh, Diggs is gone, you know, you have um, you have a solid number one. But um, what, what do you think about Tajay Sharp uh, when it comes to relation with the draft? You know, that's a great question um, because – the Vikings track record with free agent wide receivers is not good at all. Um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think we had um, Michael Floyd, for example, we picked him up a few years ago. I don't even know if he had a catch. Um, and there's been several actually like uh, former first round. Uh, wide receivers. <laughs> well, Treadwell wasn't a free agent. We actually draft. We made the mistake of drafting him, but um, and so my going back to Tajay Sharp, my expectations, you know, are somewhat tampered with him. Um, he had a couple good seasons in Tennessee, uh, especially his rookie year. Um, but I don't know. I mean, that's you know, I would still rather you know pick up a couple and draft um develop them just because there's so many good ones in this draft so i could see him being a decent number two but then i could also see him being cut out of training camp so there's kind of a wide spectrum there who else do you think uh that's on the roster right now could feel Diggs's um spot and number two or number one however you look at it um so we have a guy named bc johnson um he's a name he got quite a bit of playing time actually last year as a number three um i believe he had three or four touchdowns um you know it's just kind of hard for another wide receiver to really have an impact when you had Diggs and thielen you know plus kyle rudolph and irv smith i mean we had you know a lot of weapons but um i could really see bc johnson uh coming in and filling in that role if given the opportunity, um, he was a seventh round pick last year, I believe either fifth or seventh round, uh, pick last year. Um, you know, so he really developed, you know, to even get playing time with that kind of being a late round draft pick is is pretty incredible, but, um, he could be somebody from, from within who I think could actually fill that role. Are there anybody right now, you know, there's a lot of good names out there in free agency. Is there somebody that you want the Vikings to prioritize at this point? Well, that's, that's a tough one, Drew, (laughs) because we don't have any money. Um, We really, but you have like, you try, you know, like I was thinking about you have draft capital, but you can't pay players with draft capital. Um, I don't think they'd want (laughs) draft picks players. (laughs) That would be stupid. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what your cab situation is. What is it like right now? Uh, man, I don't know off the top of my head. We didn't have – we were – okay, so coming into this offseason, we were um, actually negative, I believe, by like $12 million over the oh. cap. Um, and so 
freeing up Griffin, freeing up Rhodes, um, freeing, um, releasing Linval Joseph. That all got us to a, about two million over the cap or under the caps. So, so we were good at that point. Um, restructuring um, Cousins actually gave us an extra ten million this year. Yeah, yeah, it looks like you guys have roughly about nineteen to twenty million in cap space. Okay, um, so that you know you have to have a certain. I think you have to have about four to seven million to sign your draft picks. Um, so you can go ahead and count that out. But I don't know. So someone who I really wanted them to get um, was uh, Nikel Roby Coleman. Um, cornerback from he played with the Rams. That's who I really wanted them to get. Um, I've liked him for a few years, but um, he ended up signing elsewhere. So, yeah, Sports Track um, says, like you said, with the rookie uh, deals, um, you have about eleven point seven million projected because okay. that's paying all fifty-one players plus the projected draft pool um but yeah uh one last question uh and then we'll wrap this up what realistic um i'm asking like yeah super bowl would be great what realistic um expectations do you have for the vikings in 2020 all right so i think this year 2020 is going to be a you know anywhere from seven a seven win team to a nine win team. I think it's going to be very average um, just because we lost a lot of players and, you know, we're kind of, and um, we have 12 draft picks, but they're going to be young this next year. Um, I really think it's kind of a mini rebuilding year. And then looking at more towards 2021 as being a more of a um, competing year. Um, so that to answer your question, I think it's going to be very average. I don't think think we're going to miss the playoffs because um, the Packers still look to be very good. Um, so hopefully, do you feel like you, know, you couldn't finish like second and maybe get the wild card? Because I don't see the Lions doing anything, and. I'm pretty sure Jim Nagy is going to be fired after this year because yeah, the Bears are kind of bad. I don't know what he's doing over there. <laughs> I think it's possible. I mean, I don't have a dog in that hunt in the AFC. Yeah. I mean, sorry, the NFC North. So I think it's possible that maybe you can guys win the um, wild card spot. Um, yeah. But Tyler, uh, you rocked it. Thank you so much. I think this yeah, is all no we problem. have for right now. Um, but. We really look forward to having you on one day again. Um, sure. If you're a Viking fan out there that uh, disagrees with Tyler or has a completely different uh, point of view on things, we'd love to hear from you. Please follow us on um, Twitter, uh, Gridiron Gang Podcast, and then uh, on Apple Podcast. If you would uh, leave a uh, review, we want to learn. We're we're new to this. We're learning as we go. Um, Pedro, you got anything? Listen, the only thing I got is Tyler. Don't let this man tell you anything. Super Bowl, baby. <laughs> Dalvin Cook's gonna <laughs> run to the Super Bowl. <laughs> okay. Run the whole season on Dalvin Cook. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, thank you so much. We um, we look forward to hearing from you guys, and um, don't forget to wash your hands, call your mom, and read your Bible. Social distance yourself, people. Have a good week. See you next week. See you guys.